Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, our special guest is David Cole, Vice President of Governmental Affairs for the Business Council of Alabama. Also, the B-Team asks, what's next for gaming and lottery? And it's time for a legislative autopsy. Oh, feel good. Oh, boy, you never get used to the smell, do you? We all might need some smelling salts. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. Welcome to The Voice of Alabama Politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Susan Britt, research guru extraordinaire, and Josh Moon, columnist and investigative reporter for APR. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Yes. Josh, I, I, I've been calling this the post-mortem for the uh, legislative yeah. session. That's very appropriate. And, uh, you know, after death. <laughs> yeah. But we're, we sort of got a little autopsy here we need to do on a few things. And the first one is the gaming and lottery bill. There was a deal to be had. There was deals made. And then it just blew up. Yeah. What's, next? A, What's next? What's uh, <laughs> next? Well, I, and, unless everybody is wrong, and, and God knows that everybody has been wrong numerous times uh, in the, uh, about this gambling bill. Uh, there should be a special session coming. I would guess sometime late August, early September. Uh, that it, it, you know, and, and I wrote uh, for uh, for Thursday that uh, you know, the the gambling bill is still alive uh, out there, despite uh, you know it dying several different deaths. Uh, but you know, it's it's not hard to understand why it's a it's a good deal. It's a lot of money for the state. There are a lot of projects tied to it, and the the biggest key here is it has the votes to pass. Um, it, you know, it always had the votes to pass. It was just a matter of getting people certain things in the bill that made them okay to, to go ahead and, and, and press forward with it. And they were right on the cusp of that so many times, uh, you know, and I, I think that it's, uh, everybody has kind of backed away from it a little bit. And uh, I think now going forward, they're going to be able to, you know, kind of get everybody on the same page. I know the governor's office is going to require that everybody, uh, the votes be there. They want to hear from leadership from both parties. Uh, and and I want them some assurances that you know the votes are there. Well, Susan, that makes sense. I mean, we know for certain that nothing big in Alabama ever happens without the governor, Governor Kay Ivey. Right. Robert Bentley, not so much. No. He didn't get any big things done. Uh, the the governor always has to well, Riley. Yeah, all the not guys. big good things, but you know. <laughs> well, not big good things. Uh, I said re it quietly. Did refurbish yeah. the Love Gubs. Love Shack yeah. down oh, let's not go there. Sure. A lot of chandelier this, hanging. <laughs> this has got to, the, uh, Governor Ivy is going to have to get behind this, and she has been behind yeah, this. Right, she, she's right. the one that's got to lead the charge here, or it doesn't happen, right? Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. And God bless her, she brings them in in August and September because the air conditioning in that building is awful. That is mm -hmm. great punishment for not getting it done this session, which they could have got it done. At, you know, we've never had all sides together working together 
you know, the, the right. Indians right. And, and the racetrack owners, they were working together yes. to get this done. That's never happened and before. It was a prime opportunity to get it done. Yeah. I mean, the Porch Creek, the track owners, all the stakeholders really did a great job. They worked coming very together hard. To do something for the state. That's one thing yeah, that and, made and, so and disappointing. Listen, and, and held together. Uh, you yeah, know, yeah. held together through some tough negotiations on yeah. things. They mm -hmm. they stuck to it. Uh, they, yeah. they created the deal, and, and they held together on their end. Well, and that, they are to be commended. I mean, I know that there are plenty of lawmakers that worked hard on this. I think one of the problems is not having, uh, uh, you know, not having lobbyists there. Uh, whether people like mm -hmm. it or not, mm -hmm. the lobbyists many times act as a staff right, for right. lawmakers to get things done. To actually read the bills yeah. for them. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, it's, uh, you know, I, I'll say it, the, the other thing about this is is, is it is a good deal. Uh, you know, it's and mm -hmm. I think if, if, if Governor Kay Ivey wants to go out and, and push this like she did the gas tax, I think the reception to that will be very positive from the voting public. The voting public wants a deal like this, uh, you know, and when you start tying to the, 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 the projects to this thing, uh, the, you know, the infrastructure deals, the, the broadband, the health care, all of those mm -hmm. things that go along with this. I think it's a very, very popular thing with the people. Mm hmm. I think that uh, it, it is so, and the polling shows it'll pass overwhelmingly. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think it's, what, 70% mm -hmm. now? Yeah. I uh, want to move on here. Governor Ivey did sign the medical marijuana mm -hmm. bill into law. It is the most restrictive in the nation, Susan. It is the most restrictive. You know, the, the, the strength levels are very low, uh, and it is in a pill form, I do believe. Uh, and it's it's finally... You know, we're getting something done here to relieve some pain and agony that people are, are out there experiencing. Well, and Tim Nelson uh, and, and, and Mike I Ball know. did bring this legislation forward. You know, the opponents still see it as a pathway, uh, Susan, to, to a gateway drug. And I always say gateway drug that, that I first knew of was alcohol at mm -hmm. mom and dad's uh, or some my neighbor's house. But and others were complaining about this being a... Uh, plant derivative. Yes, it is a plant. Most of our medicines are plant yeah. derivatives. Yeah. I have an herb yeah. bed in my garden full of medicinal plants. Okay. And I know a lot of people think this is going to cause some sort of social disruption and all that. Well, what kind of social disruption have opioids caused? Yeah. yeah. Well, a prescription. Permission well, from yeah. a doctor. But opioids, they don't addicted. come from plants. No. <laughs> and that yeah. box, you know, the box glove and Willow bark and some of that yeah. stuff. Yeah, Digitalis comes from Foxglove. Yeah, like, I, I, grow, comes from I have Foxglove at, at, at our house growing. Uh, it, it's, you know, I, I want to head into this next one. We got about a minute and 30 seconds. But uh, uh, Brandon Mosley over at uh, APR wrote a piece this week, said the social conservatives were upset over the session because medical marijuana, more uh, uh, alcohol delivery, and that kind of thing. What, what's your take on that, Josh? Well, I, I think they ought to be pretty happy about that alcohol delivery so they'll stop bumping into each other at the liquor store. Uh, you know, I'm trying to hide. <laughs> well, in Etowah County, those that live in Atala go to the Gadsden liquor store, and those that live in Gadsden go to the Atala liquor store. Well, you can cut down all that travel. There you go. Well, I worry about the fact that our social conservatives are upset when 50% of the babies born in Alabama are born on Medicaid, mm -hmm. some 49% of the children born here are to unwed mothers. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, to me, it doesn't sound like the social conservatives are winning. Uh, They're not doing yeah. anything is the problem. 
Why aren't they addressing these issues instead of getting fixated on these small you know, things? Teen pregnancies, while down or like sometimes 20, you know, it, it's in the it's in the high numbers, which you would yeah, expect. Yeah, listen, we got, we got some of the highest STD rates in the nation. We got some of the highest porn watching rates in the nation. I mean, look, the, the idea that we're this big, uh, you know, conservative bubble here is it, it's really only true outside of the bubble. I mean, inside of here, these people are doing all sorts of depraved things. Well, are you talking about the legislature or just <laughs> in general? <laughs> uh, let's both. stop pretending this stuff doesn't exist. If, yeah. And if they want to get something done, let's get something well, done about teen pregnancy. Let's get something done about people on Medicaid, you know, to help them help themselves. Yeah, instead right. of just standing around and hitting it with a stick. All right, we're going to have to leave it right there. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back. So you got caught speeding. But this time you got more than a ticket. What are you in for? Vehicular homicide. Stop speeding before speeding stops you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Your career isn't a job. It's a journey. Your next job could lead to bigger things and you're in charge of how fast and how far you want to go. At alabamaworks.com, you can connect with employers and start working right now. Then chart your path forward with training and career planning tools. That next paycheck is great, but it's only the beginning. Start a great success story at alabamaworks.com. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Our special guest today is David Cole, Vice President of Governmental Affairs for the Business Council of Alabama. Welcome, David. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate you guys having me on today. Always great to have you. You know, Business Council of Alabama represents a large cross-section of businesses throughout the state. There were some specific bills that y'all had a, a real interest in. If you could just, and they did pass, if you could give us just a highlight of those legislative matters that were important that did pass. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll we'll give a, a quick run through of uh, on any of these. But if you have any questions, uh, as I'm describing these, please feel free to jump in. Uh, our top three pieces of legislation uh, that were critical that we were able to get across the finish line in the first two weeks of the session, um, one dealing will one bill we called COVID liability bill, which provided put some protection mechanisms in place for businesses um, from those who claimed they contracted COVID while on that place of business, whether it customer or employee. Um, so long as those businesses were following CDC guidelines and you know using the six feet apart PPE, et cetera. Uh, so we were excited to get that piece of legislation across the aisle, and we felt like that bill also incentivized those businesses to make sure that they were following those CDC guidelines, because if they did, they knew they could have protection from uh, frivolous lawsuits. Another was the reauthorization of economic development incentives, which was um, 
critical because those were set to expire. And thanks to the governor um, and using her executive powers to bridge that gap so that those incentives could continue going until we were able to get in session and address those issues was extremely helpful. Um, another uh, of which uh, is important to all Alabamians, especially those that received um, any CARES Act dollars, uh, but the way our statute in Alabama was structured um, would pro prohibit uh, individuals and employees uh, they would have to pay state income tax on any CARES Act dollars that they received. So right, what right. we didn't want was for those individuals to receive those funds, those CARES Act dollars, and then turn around and have to pay state income tax on it. So we were able to, to fix that and, and certainly appreciate the legislature's support of that. Um, just a, a handful of other pieces of legislation uh, that were priorities of ours were, were one that dealt with the classification of workers. Um, Businesses were confused on which set of guidelines to follow, follow when you're talking about when do independent contractors become employees. The federal guidelines and the state guidelines did not match up. And so we really appreciate Secretary Fitzgerald Washington at the Department of Labor for working with us on that to, to streamline that process and make sure those guidelines match um, so that it prohibits any confusion that businesses were having uh, obviously, the medical marijuana bill was a was a very hot topic uh, this legislative session. BCA did not we did not have a position, um, but what we did do was incorporate incorporate language into the bill uh, that would provide some protection mechanisms for businesses. And what I mean by that bill is is uh, for instance, if a business wants to have a no tolerance policy we felt like they should still be able to do that. And we also incorporated uh, some workers comp language uh, into the legislation as well, basically just taking existing workers comp statute and incorporating it into the bill. And we certainly appreciate um, Senator Tim Melson and Representative Mike Ball for working with us uh, on that. Uh, another bill that uh, was important to us was one dealing with historic tax credits. Um, uh, that, uh, program needed to be reauthorized. It was set to expire. And it is a proven program that really helps historic regions of our state and also impoverished, some of impoverished areas in our state as well. Um, there are areas in Mobile and Selma and throughout Alabama where this, uh, where this program has had a lot of success. And so we wanted to make sure that we, we were able to extend that um, but you can you can go to Mobile. Mobile is a great example. Downtown Mobile and Representative Adline Clark's district district and um, uh, it that region of the state. This piece of this program provided a shot in the arm that was desperately needed to revitalize parts of downtown Mobile. And because of that, private dollars are now coming in and that area is is growing tremendously and so that's just one example of of how um those historic tax credit program has were, paid off i'm sorry y'all were very busy i want to get to a couple of questions that that uh before we run out of time one of the things that has happened and i know the business community has said that they are not being able to hire enough employees and one of the reasons they that some believe is because of the added benefits the federal government has provided. Governor Ivey now has decided to opt out of those uh, 
uh, increased benefits. That will stop on June 19th. What have you heard from the business community about needing workers and these benefits? It's been across the board um, from from manufacturing to the restaurant industry to retail. Um, it, 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 it was having a significant impact on our businesses because as they are coming out of this pandemic, um, the demand for the goods that they provide is extremely high and supply is, is low, but primarily because there was a tremendous challenge to try to get their work, their employees back to work. And when, when those employees can make a little more or just as much or a little less than they were making while working, you know, they're incentivized to, to stay at home. And it was, it was, um, it was a, just a, it's been a tremendous challenge um, for our for our employers across the state, and um, you know since Governor Ivey made the announcement, and even though it's um, you know you know it was recently that she made the announcement, we've heard from businesses who are already reporting positive developments. Um, people are coming back to work, and hopefully, this trend will show even more next month and the months to come. Well, I know that y'all have, uh, and, and we're unfortunately running out of time because I got 15 other things I'd like to talk to you about. But one of the things that y'all have done is expanded the footprint of the Business Council of Alabama. It is a very uh, proactive group that has you know, reached Republicans, Democrats, independents. It's really business focused. And I want to congratulate y'all on what a great job y'all have done and promoting business, good business around the state. Thank you, thank, so you much. For, thank you for being on today, David. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back with more news and opinion. You'll never guess what 400,000 people in the U.S. were using when they crashed their cars last year. No, not this. This. Distracted driving will kill you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation.
Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You know, Susan, our, our lawmakers and, and fellow Republicans uh, were so outraged by mask ordinances, mm -hmm. by social distancing ordinances, by ordinances <coughs> that limited the number of people you, that could be in a place, a certain place at a certain time. And even when Governor Ivey lifted all those ordinances, what did they keep doing at the State House? They kept locking it down. There's no lobbyists allowed. The citizens are not allowed in there. You've got a skeleton crew of the press in there. Brandon said you can get the elevator anytime you want it. You can hear a pin drop in that. Speaking of hypocrisy, which we were addressing the last segment, geez, Louise, you got to you know wear your mask. You got a six foot distance. All of this is going on in the State House. Meanwhile. They've been clamoring for everything to get open. Yep. Mm -hmm. Josh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> There's hypocrisy in the state house. What? Get out of here. I'm yeah. telling you guys, they're not hypocrites. I, I mean, listen, it, it's... Uh, it goes back to the the whole thing about guns, right? Uh, where they want everybody in the world to carry a gun, just not in the state house. Uh, no. You know, I mean, it just uh, it, it's so ludicrous. You know, they they clearly understand, and this this is what bothers me so much about our, our politicians here, especially our conservative friends, is is they see clearly dangers and problems, uh, but as long as they can get a cheap vote out of. Uh, taking the other side of this thing, that's what they do. And and that, to me, is pretty shameful. And, and at some point, you've got to answer for the people who you're putting in danger uh, here. And this is what this was. This was some of the things that they did and some of the rhetoric that they pushed and some of the, uh, the false narratives that they put out there. It endangered people's lives in this state. Mm -hmm. And it caused us to have one of the lower rates of vaccinations in the nation uh, and some of the highest rates uh, of the virus in the nation. So, you know, those things don't, don't happen by accident. And it's because the leadership in the state pushes that sort of nonsense, while in the meantime, they clearly, clearly know that this thing is a danger to them yeah. because they're masking their asses up. Well, that's like Susan hitting them with a stick. Neither one of you just made any sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, the legislature doesn't make he, any sense. He's, he's having yeah. them master booties and yeah. you're, yeah. Having, you're hitting well, problems with well, hey, man, Mask them and hit them with a stick. We've, we've had, what, three months of nonsense? Going no. on? Jesus. Well, i tell you another thing that I thought was interesting. They passed a vaccine, a ban on vaccine passports. No, nobody, <coughs> nobody's clamoring for vaccine passports. But, it, you know, <coughs> businesses under this ban can still mm -hmm. demand that mm -hmm. people, you know, wear masks or be vaccinated and all that. I mean, Josh, again, we, we have a, a pandering bill but what yep. can people still do? People can do this. They, they can mandate these things. Yeah, of course you can. If you're running a private business, you can absolutely tell somebody, listen, either uh, you, you're not coming in here unless you show me proof that you've been vaccinated. You know, yeah. you're not coming in here without a mask on unless you mm -hmm. show me yeah. proof. I mean, aren't, aren't these the same people that were all up in arms because we were going to force a baker to make a cake for a certain wedding? Uh, and so now we're going to force them to uh, to allow people that might have the virus into their stores and, and endanger yeah. their employees. I, what what are we doing, Susan? I mean, do you really think the honor system is going to work? Oh please, no, it's not going to work because people are going <laughs> to say whatever they want. They're going to say to get whatever they want. I mean, that's just pure human nature. Yeah. I you mean, you're, you're, 
you're going into a bar and you go, yeah, I got a vaccine card and I've got an ID that says I'm 21 when I'm 16. But, yeah. you know, people will Exactly. Do that. People are going to do whatever they have to do to get what they want. Well, I think it goes down, you know, listen, I think that uh, that Senator Reid and, and, and uh, Pro Tem Reid and the Senate did a lot of good things. I think the House did a lot of good things. Mm-hmm. But I also think they continue to do these pandering things just because they have to appease a very, very small sliver of Alabama. And it's so obvious. Uh, Josh, one of the things that didn't happen is no action on prisons. And it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah, yeah you know, a matter of fact, on uh, on Thursday, uh, the Department of Justice uh, amended their, uh, their filing against the state to say that in the two years since they first alerted Alabama officials uh, to the problems within the prisons, nothing has changed. As a matter of fact, they've gotten worse. We've had more deaths in here since when they originally came in and filed the lawsuit, uh, if you can imagine that. And I, I have no idea what it takes to get fired as, as ADOC commissioner here because if, if you can screw up everything and still hang on, uh, then I, I think that's a problem. Uh, you know, again, I'll say, I think Jeff Dunn is well-liked by a lot of people, and he's probably a great guy, but, you know, he's, it, this is a failure of epic proportions mm-hmm. in our uh, corrections department, and, and I don't know what else needs to happen. Well, Susan, I mean, it's, it's going to have to be more than just building prisons. Well, that's, mm-hmm. that's a help. But we didn't really get the justice reform no. legislation that should have been passed this session. We had a, we had a very nice several bills in a package for justice reform, you know, that went anywhere from you know, diversion programs to sentencing uh, reform, and they got nothing done. They bothered with all these other tiny pandering bills, but got nothing done that really mm. mattered. Right, right. I mean, Josh, we spent days talking about what was going on in Colorado. We spent hours and hours talking about, you know, the things that never, ever came to the floor. Uh, So I I don't know what we did, really. I don't know. I mean, it it was just like, you know, a a, a perfect summation of all this is how in the last, what, 48 hours of the session, uh, you had people talking about, well, you know what, maybe we should do a prison bond deal and get that through. Uh, I mean, you know, this has been, again, the DOJ filed this lawsuit two years ago. And so, I mean, 48 hours left in the session, like, hey, I got an idea, guys. How about a prison bond deal? Uh, you know, it's just, that's the absurdity, and that's how much care we have uh, for what's yeah. going on with this. Yeah. And, and it's going to cost us. It's going to cost us mm-hmm. billions of dollars. You just wait. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to take, as they say in the Senate and the House, I'm going to take a point of personal privilege. Uh, we learned this week that Senator Jim McClendon mm-hmm. is not running for reelection. I think that is a huge, huge loss to the state, Susan. Jim McClendon's most one of the most honorable and honest men I know. We, we've known him for a long, long time. And he works so hard for the benefit of Alabama. It's going to be a great, great loss to our legislature. And, and Josh, you, you know Dr. McClendon, and, and, and he's always been uh, generous to you to, to tell you mm-hmm. what's on his mind and all that. And, that's that's rare among <laughs> politicians, yeah, right? He's, he's always been generous to tell me what's on his mind. There's, there's, he has no problem with that. Uh, but no, it's a listen. I, I have uh, you know I, I I've never said out loud because I didn't want to hurt him that we've had great conversations and and I, I respect him and so you know usually when I say that about a Republican they lose their next election. So uh, right. it's uh, but I I, I think that that Mr. McClendon is a, is a good guy. He's 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 a conservative Republican through and through, 
and a dear person and has been a great servant to the state. And a great friend for many years. Well, you're going to have to leave it right there. You've been watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them.